Hello, this is Angelica Yingst, and you're listening to Centered, Grounded Conversations About the Metaphysical. Blessed Beltane, or Beltana, if you're Celtic, please don't come for me, because I am American. I have roots in other countries, but I was born and raised in America. America. And thus, I do not pronounce Beltane, Beltina, or Beltana, Beltina. So I am Angelica Yinks, and I'm here for your Wheel of the Year Beltane edition of this reading. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons I decided to do this, well, first of all, one of my membership uh, people, the people that belong to my membership group, and you can totally check that on my website, angieinks.com. If you're interested in getting readings at the full moon, new moon, and you know, the beginning of the month, which everybody's open to the beginning of the month one, but I do do ones throughout the month. Um, and I do them at these points on the wheel of the year. Now, why do I do that? Part of it is because I am a pagan and I'm an earth worshiping pagan at that. And one of the reasons I feel that using the wheel of the year as different points to kind of check in with is because the wheel of the year is based on some old festivals that happened at these points throughout the year. So there's eight points or uh, sabbats or shabbats or however you want to call it that are at differing times. So they're the equinoxes, they're the solstices and they're what they're what's called the cross quarter. So they're right in between an equinox and um, a solstice. And these eight festivals, which is basically what they were, were tied to agrarian cultures. Now you can see the same types of festivals that are practiced in different ways in different parts of the world. So for example, you know, around Samhain, which is um, sometimes called the Witch's New Year or the Pagan New Year, it was the third harvest festival that honored the dying of the fields, you know, like clearing of the fields, uh, taking everything off the fields. And so there was um, a lot of ancestral work done and um, it was honoring the dead, you know. So at that same time that Samhain's happening, you know, the Catholic Church is also, you know, not at the same exact time, but they've come up with their own Festival of the Dead. They're honoring Dia de los Muertos or the the um, All Saints Day, All Souls Day. They also at the same exact time are honoring. Why? Because it's dark at that time. Now, on the Wheel of the Year, Beltane is exactly opposite of Samhain. So if Beltane, if Samhain honors death, Beltane honors life. And so the cross-quarter holidays, the ones that are midway points, and they're basically midway points in the um, seasons, okay? So if a season, if spring starts on spring equinox, Beltane is six weeks in, okay? It's six weeks between May 21st and, or whenever it falls, and May 1st, and then your six weeks until summer begins. Now, that's not how the pagan or the agrarian cultures saw the seasons. 
they think of this as the start of summer. Why? Because you begin to get that warm feeling. And the height of summer then would be, we call it midsummer, right? You've heard Midsummer Night's Dream. Midsummer would be summer solstice. Why? Because that's the longest day of the year. So, you know, you're at the midway point. So now from here on, you know, you're growing to the longest day of the year. And then after summer solstice, you start getting back. It's still summer until Lamas or Lunazda on August 1st. So this isn't supposed to be a, a lesson in the wheel of the year, but um, these are important things to remember that uh, this is kind of considered the beginning of summer on the agrarian on the agrarian calendar. And it is basically an earth festival. So we call all of the festivals that mark the equinoxes and solstices solar festivals. Why? Because they're talking about what the sun is doing. And the uh, cross-quarter holidays are earth festivals because they honor what the earth is doing. And what is occurring on the 1st of May in the northern hemisphere? Well, blossoming flowers, uh, trees and grasses, and we're planting. We have uh, probably already planted a lot of seeds. Um, the bees are starting to buzz. This is a time of fertility and growth. Now, the agrarian, the reason that, you know, as a earth-worshipping pagan, that I like being tied to the agrarian calendars because it ties me to the cycles of the earth. And that's why paying attention to the wheel of the year can be really, really valuable if you're interested in earth medicine and you're interested in connecting with nature or you're very connected with nature or your psychic self. Connecting to the cycles that already exist on the earth helps us to, you know, kind of have ease in what we're doing. So there's different work that we do at different times of the year. You know, you don't go fallow on May 1st. This is a time to blossom and start projects and really begin things. There's a lightness and fun and all the possibility of the harvest season. Remember, in agrarian societies, harvest what you harvested, what bloomed, how the weather was. These were so vitally important to your survival that it was a time of pure possibility. You could have the best harvest this year and we could last through the winter without any hunger. And that was a big deal. But Beltane uniquely focuses on sexuality and sensuality. And it focuses on fertility and creativity. These are all kind of the same muscle and I don't mean physically, but they're all the same kind of muscle. So, you know, through the year, we talk about the horned god or the green man, or some people see him as Kurnanos or Pan or the oak king. He is birthed at Yule. Yule is uh, winter solstice. So the the sun god, the, the mother earth and uh, the sun god or the horned god, um, have sex, have a baby. He lives, dies on winter solstice or on uh, Samhain and is reborn on winter solstice. And this is the time where he really gets uh, ready to have babies, so to speak. Um, and you see a lot of Pan, like images of Pan, who's like a god of like pure sexuality around this time because Beltane really honors our own unions and our own fertility. So um, 
in the way that Samhain honors the dark and the shadow, Beltane honors light and lightness. There is a similarity in that they're both um, times that we connect, that we use divination, that we have all night festivals honoring light and dark, and we really focus on sensual pleasure and the corporeal uh, is that corporeal, corporal, a uh, glory of being a human, which is always great, you know, and that's part of the other reason I like being a, a pagan is that there is a kind of humanness to this. We're not trying to transcend our humanness. We honor the humanness in us. So celebrations at Beltane are joyous, they're raucous, they're, they have massive bonfires and dancing and singing and more. There's all the potential. It's a great time to set intentions. So Beltane fires are said to have healing properties. They were said to grant healing prayers and protection. So you People would smoke cleanse at the smoke of the bonfires. They were used for purification. They were used for vitality. They were used to, um, you know, kind of bless the fields, like the ashes were placed in the fields for fertility. The smoke was used for purification, purifying tools, purifying everything. So um, the celebrations, sometimes called May Day, would go all day and all night. And it, during the day, there would be a maypole singing and dancing and the tall wood maypole is said to be a phallic symbol and what was placed at the top was the wreath and that is a yonic symbol meaning a symbol of the feminine or a symbol of the vagina because it goes in has a hole um, so there was brightly colored ribbons that hung from the top of the pole so the maidens the young women and the boys were placed on the pole and they would grab every other one and face each other. And you can still go to May, May pole festivals um, and see this happen. I know at the Fairy Fest here in Pennsylvania, there used to be one every year because it was always at Beltane that Fairy Fest happened. So you would, they would go up and down and weave in and out and it creates this really cool effect. And it just really symbolizes the blending of the masculine and the feminine. So Beltane honors the way our unions bring us together, the light and the dark, the masculine and the feminine. That doesn't mean that if you are in a same-sex relationship that you're not part of Beltane festivals. You totally are. But um, there is a kind of uh, callback to that masculine-feminine dichotomy. And uh, I think I do think this Generation uh, Z is really redefining all that in really cool ways. And so I'm interested to see how some of our spirituality changes and morphs with that as well. Because many of us have both masculine and feminine. I know I certainly do. So, uh, you know, one of the things that happened, couples stayed out all night and they had sex in their fields. Because they thought that encouraged fertility and crops to grow. Um, and they would, you know, do it in the woods and then bring back the flowers and the greenery to decorate. Uh, babies conceived during Beltane were called Mary Begots. Don't you want to be a Mary Begot? Um, <laughs> when would Mary Begots be born? I'm pretty sure it's, um, you know, what would it be? Mary Begots would be born, what, February? or March, um, they were said to be like protected by the gods and um, all of all of that stuff. So uh, 
they were very connected to the Fae as well. So couplings um, were not just like sex, but like people got married during this time. So there's lots of hand fastings and marriages. Um, magic is thought to be easier during this time and all manna manner of people engaged in divination magic behavior. So like the dew of Beltane is thought to contain magic of the fairies to preserve youth and clear skin and enhance your beauty. Um, so, you know, don't forget that anytime we talk about sex and fertility, we also talk about creativity, artwork, music, writing, dance. They're all born of the same place. So that's why in my book, um, the complete tarot layouts during the Beltane spread, which I'll share on my website. And I also shared in um, Deb Schaefer's um, book, or she does like a monthly newsletter kind of thing. Um, I shared my layout here. So you can find it uh, for free, definitely on Pinterest, on my website. I'll put it up. I'll put the article I wrote for Deb's um, piece. Um, but you can decide whether you're going to look at a relationship or a creative project. And if you can, pause this recording and write down which it's going to apply to for you. Now, these collective readings, um, they you can really apply them to the self. So that's why I say decide beforehand so you're not switching throughout to make it match what you want it to. Um, so just pause the recording, and then we're going to start the reading. So you can also follow along on the layout on my website if you're really interested um so let's talk about like what's the current state of either the relationship you chose or the creative project and so i'm going to also encourage you like if you haven't decided on which one it's going to be to decide on the one that brings you the most amount of anxiety because right in the center the nine of swords shows up now this is a card we call the dark soul of the dark night of the soul card because it shows somebody sitting in bed their hands in their face um, clearly they're not sleeping there's nine swords hanging above them this is a card of guilt and shame okay so the current state of the relationship is something that brings you anxiety guilt shame emotions that are pretty challenging and we think of swords as being centered in the mind okay and our perception of things so we're going to talk a lot about what does that mean as well because our perception isn't always the truth of what things are so we're looking at like where are we we're looking at the thing that brings us the most amount of anxiety What's keeping us up at night? What is, is going on? And always, you know, when we get this card, we're asked to really examine the role of shame in our lives, especially around things like creative project. And those of you who know me know I've been working on a, a deck of Oracle cards for like since 2014. So that's eight years. And they're essentially done. But the shame I have is that I haven't finished them, right? So it doesn't have to be something that's actually shameful. I had a lot of other stuff happen in the last eight years, including having a child, getting many promotions at work, um, also having, um, you know, cancer and other things, 
right? So I'm sharing that with you because remembering that shame and guilt really don't have to match the reality of the situation. You all know and, and can say to me, Angie, you had a lot going on. It's okay that you didn't finish these cards yet. And yet it's not really about what you say to me and it's not really what I say to you. It's the internal job. So I have to be my own best friend and be able to say to myself, you know, you had a lot going on. And so we're putting shame and uh, guilt in this place where we go, how is this serving me? Oh, wait, it's not. Okay. Because if shame worked, we'd all be sober and thin, you know, it doesn't freaking work. So we have to rewrite how we deal with failing ourselves in some ways. Okay. And this could be, if, if you're looking at a relationship, you know, we can often think of this as being like, oh, maybe I should have, I should be working harder, quote unquote, working harder. So we're, we're kind of looking at this and I'm going to pull, actually, I'm going to pull a Beltane card um, around this to see how we can deal with the shame and guilt, like what's going to be the best thing. So the card that I pulled is boundaries. Okay. Creating a bubble of energy that you want to keep sacred, light, um, and high vibration, so to speak, quote unquote, high vibe. What does high vibe mean? That means a vibration that's going to push you to want to do better rather than one that drags you down. So, um, the message here, I'm using, um, this Oracle deck by, uh, Lorraine Anderson and Juliet Diaz. And the message here is boundaries are sewn into the parts of you, of who you are, for they are not to be crossed. And, you know, I, I think this is such an important part of dealing with guilt and shame. It's like, you know what, we can't change the past. So we have to decide in the future what we're not going to do. Can you set boundaries with yourself? Can you set boundaries with a relationship that's bringing you anxiety? Okay, so if it's your creative project, how are you setting boundaries? Are you putting time and energy into it, that, the thing that you want to be doing? If it's in a relationship issue, are you setting boundaries about what you're willing to and willing not to accept? Okay, so again, like we're just looking at like, this is how we move past the gate, guilt and shame by saying, okay, I can't change the past. Now, as I'm moving forward, I'm going to know if this situation erupts again, I'm going to hold this boundary. Because our next situation is what is feeding us? What is feeding this situation? What's giving us life? What's giving us the good stuff from it? And the nine of pentacles comes up. And part of what the Nine of Pentacles is, is this is, you know, you have the Nine of Swords, which is a nine in the sword suit, and the Nine of Pentacles is a nine in the earth sign suit. The earth nine basically says you have gone through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the pentacles, and you've reached a kind of place of completion, which is a self-awareness of who we are and how what feeds us, 
what is our animal instincts. And the reason I say animal instincts is because the woman on the nine, which I have to incidentally say that every single tarot reader wants to be the woman on the nine of pentacles because she's always like our representative. She is a falconer. Okay. So she has on the big glove and she is holding very elegantly and sexily, I might add, a falcon on her hand. And the falcon is hooded. Okay. So a hooded falcon is, you know, this woman has trained and and the training if you ever want to read about the training of falconry you should read h is for hawk which is um i think by helen mcdonald and it's a memoir of falconry but it is a intimate relationship with an apex predator okay this is one where you build trust you are basically training them against their instinct to kill an animal that they want. Okay. Why? Because you are feeding them slowly, easy food, things that they're going to desire more than killing. And when they kill, they kill for you. Okay. So the animal instincts are tamed and honed and precise. And we do know that falcons and hawks can see for many, like just, it's unbelievable how precise their vision is. So that's another thing. They, they kind of have that higher vision that comes in. So this is why, you know, all of us who are tarot readers want to be the nine of pentacles. She is a very studied person. She has engaged in this process where she doesn't have to work for money anymore because she has a level of abundance and comfortability um, and awareness of what she needs that she doesn't need to do that. So she is engaging in releasing her animal instincts when they're important and pulling them back and hooding them up when she doesn't need them. Okay, so what is nourishing you, your creative project or relationship is self-awareness. Okay, who you are, what you need, how to get it, getting that laser focus of the hawk on something. So it's juxtaposed with the nine of, of swords right in the center. What is your current state of affairs? Well, there's a lot of uh, chaos in the thinking and, you know, there's anxiety and guilt and shame. And yet... What's really feeding you is the fact that you know yourself really, really well. So what are these two things doing? Again, boundaries help you keep that sacred, okay? So let's look at the next part is what parts of you are blooming? What parts of your relationship or creative project are blooming? Meaning what is something that's really looking create like delicious, right? Um, and that is the Seven of Cups. Now, the Seven of Cups is a card of many choices. And we often get this when we have many directions to go. And I think this is kind of where our um, guilt and shame can come in a lot is like, um, I just have too many choices. I'm stuck by analysis paralysis. And so when you say what's blossoming right now is that you have the luxury of having many, many choices. And the Tarot suggests and gives you this guidance. Pick the thing that's spiritually fulfilling. Okay, because all of the choices are something. You see a woman and a snake and a castle and 
the laurels of victory and the dragon and whatever that means. Um, you have all these different options that you can choose. The glory, the victory, the womanizing, the uh, being desired, the riches. But what they're asking you to choose is your spiritual self, like what's going to nourish your spirit. Okay, so what's blossoming me right now is many choices. And you're asked to take the path of spiritual fulfillment. Now, we're also going to look at what's challenging to this. And the hermit comes up reverse for what is really challenging you in your relationship and in your or in your creative project. And that's the hermit is reverse, meaning you've been in your you've been alone too long with this project. It is time to reach outside of the self and look for either a mentor, a coach, someone who's going to give you good feedback that's uh, going to be useful, okay? Because the hermit, when it's upright, you know, can sometimes, it, it always is about that solitary uh, journey that we have in our spirituality. But when he goes out with his lantern, he's either looking for a teacher or looking to become the teacher. And when he's reversed, he's falling into the trap of mistakenly thinking that his isolation is some kind of spirituality, when really he's just running away from connecting and from getting real feedback. So it is time to find someone for feedback, okay? Now, if you're in a relationship, that means you're gonna actually talk to someone who is not emotionally tied to the situation. You don't ask your partner about how the partnership is going. You can find out their point of view, but it may be a time that you're looking for a therapist or you're talking to more of a neutral party, your own therapist. If you're talking to your best friend who's ready to cut a bitch every time somebody hurts you, which we all need that person, they're going to always take your side. They're not going to tell you the truth of what's going on and what's your responsibility and what's your partner's responsibility. So you need someone who's going to be honest without being brutal who's going to love you enough to tell you the truth, okay? And not just blow smoke up your ass. And I'm sorry, I'm cussing. Oh my God, it's all coming out. All right, <laughs> let's talk about what needs to be released right now for maximum growth. And we call this like, what needs to be pruned? You know, as we're talking about Beltane and growth, what needs to be pruned for maximum growth? And the Queen of Wands reverse comes up. The Queen of Wands is a creative... Um, she likes to be the center of attention. She likes to talk about herself. She is a performer. She's out there like la, 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 la. But what the Queen of Wands also does is she likes to be a diva when she comes in reversed. So you're kind of letting go of that diva behavior you know, what needs to be pruned is, hey, I don't, I need to decenter myself in the project or in the relationship. Do you ever hear that um, thing? Like you can be uh, right or you can be happy. The Queen of Wands is always trying to be right when she's reversed. Okay. So this is a time to figure out like how you can be happy and in your creative projects how can you decenter yourself from the project okay how can the project take the front and the betterment of the project take the front sometimes that means starting over 
Sometimes that means looking at things not from just your point of view, but getting a nice little group of people from different backgrounds to look at your creative project. The thing that you're, you're willing to look at now. So we were, we move into like what is nourishing you from this relationship or this creative project and the two of cups comes in. Now this is about love and about relationships. So it's also about partnerships. And we're going to juxtapose that with the hermit and the isolation. In your relationship, in your creative project, there's work to be done alone. And you see a lot of alone work happening. But what's really going to nourish you is partnership, whether it's a creative project or not. So you're looking for that person that's going to come in and just fill that need, the one that you know is missing. Okay, so the two of cups is coming in to say there's a lot of healing and partnerships. And, you know, in giving in to love, you know, if you're talking about a relationship, a love relationship, then, you know, romance and connection and staring into the eyes of someone, you know, you can't figure out the relationship alone when you get this card. You have to do it in partnership because your outcome from this is the two of wands the Two of Wands is a card of holding the world in your hands, like being able to envision a future and knowing just where you want to go next. So there is growth here. It's about moving forward. So I feel like this is a really good time if you're doing creative project to really re-examine everything and get it in line so that you can have maximum growth and kind of go to the next place. So I'm going to pull one more Beltane card from this uh, Beltane deck and just ask you to look at your vision, okay? And, and the message here is to find enlightenment, seek nowhere for it lives within you. So we're doing any kind of psychic intuitive work that you can do would be really great right now. If, like I said, if you want to belong to my memberships, we do do a shamanic journey every month and this month we're going to be journeying with spider and talking about weaving our own stories particularly um, disconnecting from old stories that don't serve us anymore so i'm so grateful to come in and do your beltane reading and i will talk to you soon bye Thanks for listening to Centered with me, Angie Yinkst. If you'd like to send me a question or comment about this show or any shows, you can send them to angie at themoonandstone.com.